irala mate ye kitaha ye kitaha those of us that are remaining here why don't we just pray right now come on reach to him with your whole spirit hallelujah come on let every defense mechanism be dropped let your spirit be open say father whatever you want to do however you want to do it you know the need before i even ask Elo donde ele bequita, elo mondele di arabaka haye. Elende yeki arando yeki arama ne lobo correta. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Come on, let's praise the Lord for a little bit in your spirit. Let a praise arise to the Lord from your spirit. Hikatahaye amandorolo satahaye. Hiorolo shakatahaye amandaroro sotahaye. Ye andaralaki amandara satahaye andaralo satahaya. Yamandarahai. I want you to stay standing for just a moment. I'm gonna I'm gonna speak something that I felt the Lord tell me just a moment ago. This is how he said it to me. Everyone must acknowledge him as king. But everyone doesn't have to reverence him as king. I thought, what in the world does that mean? What's the difference? He brought the scripture to my mind every tongue will bow, every knee must bow, every tongue shall confess Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the Father. That is acknowledging. And that's why the scripture can say every knee will bow and every tongue will confess who he is. It's, it's acknowledging who he is. Whether it happens now, whether it happens on a day of judgment, it will happen. It's in the word, it's what it says. So everyone must acknowledge he is king. But we have the choice whether we reverence him as the king. Jesus, I reverence you as the king right now. I put myself subservient to you. Jesus, you are my king. I humble myself before you, Lord. I humble myself before you, Lord. You're the king above every king. You're the Lord above every Lord. I confess it right now, Jesus. I believe it in my spirit, Jesus. Hallelujah. You can be seated. Amen. I want to tell you a story. Brother Reuben heard this yesterday in the car. I don't know if Brother Lewis heard it or not because he looked like he was resting pretty well. Thirteen, I guess it was thirteen years ago, somewhere in that vicinity. Uh, 
the hearts were here in this valley. Uh, they were meeting regularly in Wapato, and uh, my wife and I were driving over from Puyallup some weekends to be with the group here. And I want to say at that time, services were on Saturdays. It could have been a Friday. Uh, I, I know it was, on, it was not on a Sunday because on this particular, you probably already know where I'm going with this, on this particular weekend, we were here, and Brother Schoonover, Bishop, was here, and uh, Bishop had Elder Hart come to the front and had called on men of the church to pray for him, and there was a powerful move of God there. The reason I know that that wasn't on a Sunday was because on that Sunday, we were all in Puyallup, including Elder Hart. Uh, keep in mind, this is 13 years ago. I was called on to, to speak or teach or minister or whatever it was. And my mind went back to that weekend in Wapato, whether it was the day before or that Friday. I thought, man, that was so powerful. That was so anointed. That was so of God. Those men, the way those men just gathered around him and prayed and the glory of the Lord was there and was ministering. It was awesome. And I thought... Catch me, I thought, wouldn't that be awesome if it happened again? I was in a very dangerous place because I was in this place holding the microphone. And the first thing, I want to say the first thing that I did was say, Brother Hart, if this is all right with you. And he was sitting at about where Brother Joel is sitting right now. I can tell you the look on his face <laughs> when I said that. And I said, Brother Hart, if this is all right with you, I want you to come forward. Well, somebody came forward, but it wasn't Brother Hart. It was Bishop. He came directly to me from my right. We had a little, say, uh, we had a little powwow there, just he and I. It was quick. And he said, we're not going to do that right now. That's about all that he said. And I, honestly, I don't remember what happened the rest of the day. I couldn't tell you what happened from that moment that day. Um, but thank the Lord that was 13 years ago. And I was, as, I was, as I was thinking that today about that story, I realized it put me in a place where I can identify with the majority of this room in such a way that I want to be submitted to authority. And I also want to exercise my faith. I'll tell you another story. About two years ago, I, went, I decided to go on a fast. This was on October the 1st, I believe, of, uh, that would have been 2017 possibly 2016, and I didn't make it more than half a day into the fast before the enemy started saying, you think you're more spiritual than your authority. They, they didn't ask you to fast. They didn't text you. They didn't call you. They didn't even suggest it at church that week. It was just, I woke up and I felt like I needed to fast. 
And I didn't know how long. I didn't know any of that. I just felt like we're going to do this. But I, I, very, I, I was amazed at how simply I was able to overcome that voice of the enemy that said, you think you're more spiritual than your authority. I did it like this. Pick up my phone. Text. My authority. I feel like I need to go on a fast. Now, thankfully, I got the response quickly, and I didn't have to run and decide, okay, am I going to fast this? No, the response came back, praying with you. (laughs) It didn't say fasting with you. (laughs) But it said praying. And and that simple act silenced that voice of the enemy that said, you think you're more spiritual. All, very simply, all that I did was submit that. In my spirit, I would have been okay if a call or a text came back and said, we're not going to do that right now. You're not going to do that right now. If that, if that would have been the case, I mean, I probably would have had some hurt feelings. <laughs> but I know how to get over that by now. Um, at least I think I do. But, but that, that act of submission was the key. In both of those instances, I, I, I could have, when Bishop came to me and said, we're not going to do that, we're not going to call on. Later, he explained a little bit more detail, and I felt like, okay, well, at least that made sense, the reason why we didn't do it. But the biggest reason why we didn't do it, the reason why we found ourselves in that place to begin with was just because of me deciding to act out in my flesh. I thought, wouldn't it be great? And I thought I could reproduce something in the flesh that was obviously born out of the spirit, different day and time. A different day and time. Now, I don't know how far your back, how far back your mind has to go to find the, the, the day and the time that you wish you were at that place because how awesome that was. Many of us, our testimonies go back to uh, men's conference, ladies' conference, youth convention, youth camp, those, those spiritual highs as we could call them. And we think, wouldn't it be nice? I'll tell you. It was so awesome at the, at, at the men's conference when all the men, that was that time in that place. I don't know about you, but I don't want a, a group of 300 men following me to work, standing outside my office while I go about an eight-hour day. And then they all get in their cars and drive home and camp out around my house that night, and we do it again the next day, and then they follow me everywhere I go. That's, that's just weird. But in the, in the flesh, if I feel like that's what I want to have, wouldn't it be great if? It's, it's, pretty, easy. it's pretty easy to, to know that you're aligned with the authority when you look around and see a group of 20 or 50 or 100 or whatever it is, and they're all doing the same thing. That's 
I know that I, as long as this group, my authorities there, my brethren, my brothers and sisters in Christ are there. We're all moving in this direction. And, and, and I know that this is the will of God. But when you wake up on a Tuesday morning and the Lord tells you to fast, whoa, hang on. What are all the brethren doing? What are all the sisters doing? Because I don't know if they're fasting. I don't know if, and now all of a sudden it becomes an individual thing, an individual choice. Am I going to do, did, was that even the voice of God that I heard, or is it just, but we, we have to get to that point where I know that that was the Lord, and I'm going to obey that. And if, if, you're, if you have the right spirit, I believe that's what we're going to talk about today. If you have the right spirit, then you're okay saying, anytime, elder, day or night, weekend, whatever it is, if you see or hear or pick up on something in me that's not right, that, that, that's not good, not headed in the right direction, I, I want you to, to tell me. That's submission. I, I want that. More than anything else, I want that. Now, I'm not giving you permission to bug Elder Hart, okay? That's between you and him. But if the spirit is there and the mindset is there, we talked about this some this weekend. There were times Lewis said, Brother Lewis said, I, yeah, I asked, I asked the elder, and he didn't give me any answer. So I went and I asked Bishop, and Bishop said, what did elder say? <laughs> well, he didn't say anything. <laughs> but in this, if that is my spirit, if that's my will, to, my, my choice, I go back to what I said earlier. We, we, we can acknowledge him. As king, but that doesn't mean we have to reverence him as king. And, and in doing so, I'm I'm submitting myself. I'm reverencing. I'm 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 coming under the authority of his authority. I don't know about you, but I I don't always get to run everything just straight by God and get to bypass any other submission. If I do. And I, I feel like I heard from God and I go that route and I didn't su- put that under submission. It's going to be pretty difficult if and when the Lord uses someone to say, where did you get that? Who told you that? What, <laughs> what in the world made you think that was a good idea? Let's look at scripture. Genesis chapter 1. Verse 11 is where I'm going to read. I was, I'll put it this way. I was trying to use discernment on a situation 
wondering, God, is this you? Is this from you? Is this of your spirit? And that when I used my discernment, I try to use it, exercise it that, that way. So here's the, here's the deal. The Lord expects us to mature to a point where I don't have to hold on to Elder Hart's coattail and, and follow it around. And, and, oh, hang on. He's slowing down. Why is he slowing down? Oh, he's speeding up. Okay. Well, I, I should be able to mature to the point where, well, first of all, I know how he thinks and feels about certain situations. And I don't have to always wonder how would he feel about this. I've heard him say before exactly how he feels about this. I'm listening and I heard it. And I don't have to ask him if he changed his mind. <laughs> I, got, I got that word. I got that direction, that answer. So the Lord expects us to get to that place and that point of maturity where under submission, you're exercising your faith and your gift, your discernment inside of you. But this is the importance of always being okay with the authority over you being exercised. If it happened right now and he came and said, Brother Flowers, I don't know where you're going. I don't like this. Give me the microphone. My feelings would be hurt again, but I'd sit down, and I'd be okay with that. And he and I would probably have an awkward conversation some point in the future. Awkward for me, not for him. But that I want that in my spirit. So I was trying to use my discernment over this situation. Lord, is this of you and from you, and is that you? And... I felt like in prayer, he said, well, what do I look like? What do I sound like? What do I feel like? What does my spirit feel like? What does the Holy Ghost look like? And in my limited uh, knowledge of Scripture and, and the Spirit and the Holy Ghost, I started to think, well, I know what the flesh looks like. That's a, there, there's, a, there's a passage of Scripture that perfectly pits the two against each other, the flesh and the spirit. It's in Galatians 5. The works of the flesh, it says they're manifest, means they become evident, they appear. So I can see those things, and I know when I see those, those are works of the flesh. And it says, but the fruit of the spirit is, and it goes on the list. And it helps me identify, well, if, it, if it's on this list, okay, that's pretty clear. It's, it's of that. If it's on this list, it's okay. It's of that. But I felt like he, he started to, to show me how and why that can be so. Because it's a spiritual principle. It's a, it's a, it's a spiritual concept. Genesis 1.11, it says, And God said, Let the earth bring forth grass, the herb, yielding seed, and the fruit tree yielding fruit after his kind, whose seed is in itself. And he brought that phrase to my mind, the seed is in itself. The, the natural reflects the spiritual. So in this natural example of a fruit containing its seed in itself, 
that's a, that, that's a natural example of the spiritual and the spirit containing the seed of itself. If it's in the spirit, it contains the seed of the spirit and the spirit reproduces itself. So I took that concept, okay, the seed is in itself, and I took my list of the fruit of the Spirit that I know I've got, and I start to go down the list and compare and try. Really, this sounds simple, and I don't know if I'm making it over simple, but this was how, the, in that moment, the Lord gave me this discernment to use. The, the fruit of the Spirit. And it produces after its kind. Its seed is in itself. So I got this situation that I'm questioning. Trying to discern. Is this of your spirit? And I've got over here the list of the spiritual. The things that are in the spirit. And so I don't think I've ever prayed this way before. But I, I started to say. Love. Is in the Spirit. The Spirit has love. Because it's the seed. Joy is in the Spirit. The Spirit has joy. Peace is in the Spirit. The Spirit has peace. I'm praying that. I'm feeling okay. Yep. Yeah, all right. Yeah, I feel that. Long-suffering is in the Spirit. The Spirit has long-suffering. Check. Amen. And I'm feeling, I'm feeling after the Lord, trying to use discernment. Gentleness is in the Spirit. The Spirit has gentleness. Amen. Goodness is in the Spirit. The Spirit has goodness. Amen. Faith is in the Spirit. The Spirit has faith. Amen. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith. Number eight. Meekness. Is in the, I don't even think I got that far. And when I got to meekness on the list, and I started to compare this thing that I'm trying to discern, and again, with my limited knowledge and ability to know what does meekness mean, compared to this question mark, hang on. Something doesn't feel right. Something doesn't match. Meekness is in the spirit, and the spirit has meekness. This situation, yeah, I think I see some love and I see some joy and peace. And uh, yeah, sure, okay, I feel okay with that. But meekness, where is that in this situation that I'm trying to use my spiritual gift of discernment over that's resident in everyone that has the spirit? And I, I, I just started, okay, pause, Lord. We paused here. You paused here. I, I was going to finish the list because I know there's one more at least. I mean, I remember that much from when I was a kid. Temperance, yes. That's the last one. But I didn't get there in my prayer. He paused me at meekness. And he said, let me talk to you about the meekness that's in my spirit. And let's compare it with this situation. And I, I remembered a time a few years back, a different group of people I was speaking to, and that 
lesson, if you want to call it that, that day was about meekness. And the, the study and the, the things that I felt like the Lord had showed me out of the scripture was meekness has, I'll use it, use it this way, a visage, an appearance. Meekness has an appearance. I get that from 1 Peter chapter 3. Go ahead and turn there. In the, in the, the setting that it gives is an example of the appearance of meekness. I want you to get this. We're, again, we're not talking about holiness right now, okay? We're not talking about in the mirror, do I look a certain way? Okay, we're talking about the fruit of the Spirit, but, but I remember that much meekness has an appearance. So go ahead and look at verse, verse 3 here. Who's adorning? Let it not be that outward adorning of plating the hair and wearing of gold or of putting on of apparel, verse 4, but let it be the hidden man of the heart. Just let your, let your spirit muse over the fact that we're talking about an appearance and the scripture says hidden for a moment. Because what that tells me is you put a stranger I've never seen before, don't know anything about. I'm not going to have as easy of a time seeing the hidden things in them. Regardless of what they look like. It's, we're talking about the hidden man of the heart here. In that, which is not corruptible, even the ornament of a meek and quiet spirit. Now that word meek gets the same, derives its same meaning from the same word on the list of the fruits of the spirit. Meekness. So the adorning here, and I'll just, I'll, I'll tell you for a second, I'm not, I'm not dwelling on the husband and wife issue, okay? Because this scripture gives it as an example of what a meek and a quiet spirit looks like. This scripture says, if the husband wants nothing to do with God, nothing at all, but the wife does, then wife with your meek and quiet spirit, you will show him God. That's how he's going to see it. <laughs> and even in one translation says, without a word spoken, he's going to see it. And I would even say he's going to hear it. A meek and a quiet Spirit, which is in the sight of God of great price. And, and I started to study again, and I thought, okay, I, I know we're dwelling on meekness here, Lord. What does that exactly mean again? Tell me again. I want to make sure I know it, because it's been a few years since I've really looked into this, and I don't want to... I don't want to depend on this, especially if I'm having to search back years. So I looked up the meaning of the word meekness, 
And the primary definition of the word meekness is gentleness. And hang on a second, because I remember in that list, love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness. So how can we say gentleness twice? Gentleness and then again gentleness. Well, if you'll permit me, we go back again to gentleness in the list. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness. Number five. That gentleness is not talking about this gentleness. That gentleness is talking about kindness. In such a way, the actual word of that gentleness, if I pronounce this right, I believe it was benignity. Benign. We know that word benign because it has a, 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 an opposite, and we don't ever want to hear that word opposite, especially if we're talking in, in, this, in the natural medical context, malignant. Malignant is bad news. So the opposite of malignant is benign, and that is that gentleness. Number five. Okay? That's your, that's your kindness. <laughs> I'll give you a little side note here. I was studying this, and I was kind of thinking back over, letting the Lord work on me. As we were in the car, and my wife was telling me something about something completely unrelated to any of this. And the Lord said, are you being benignant right now? Not malignant, okay? But I don't even know how if I'm saying that word right. Are you being benign to her situation right now? Are you being kind to her situation right now? No, I'm focused on the word here, okay? This is, this is the fruit. I'm... And then I thought, hang on. In my spirit, is that there to this immediate situation? And that's a simple example. But if I don't have it at that level, I don't have it. So I thought, okay, tell me again what you said, because I heard it in one ear. But I, I, I tried to exercise that, that fruit for a minute. Because I've, I, if I've got the Holy Ghost and I want it to show, then I want it to show. I don't pick and choose when I want it to show and when I don't. Thank God he didn't do that with me and you. So, been, okay, gentleness. We got that one checked. And then I just happened to be looking at the next word, which was goodness, because meekness and gentleness, both, when you're talking about those words, it sounds a lot like goodness. And even another translation of goodness is kindness. And kindness is in the definition of gentleness, and kindness is in the definition of meekness. And I'm thinking, okay, hang on. I'm getting further away than, 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 than where I thought I was going here. Because I know it doesn't say the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, kindness, and kindness. But that goodness, that kindness, is, is benevolence, love that we show to one another in their need. And so I thought, okay, I got to go back and she's still talking. I just tried to show her a little bit of gentleness by listening. And I'm trying to get this and benevolent. Are you, are you, are you giving to the need and, and, and uh, sympathetic? To the need 
And I thought, say that again. I know I got the last part. What did you just say? Because I'm trying to listen, and I'm trying to listen, and I'm only listening to one at a time. And I thought, okay, let me exercise a little bit of this goodness for a minute. Because either I have it or I don't. So I understood gentleness, not malignant. To this situation, I'm not going to bring in harshness and, and uh, destruction. And I'm also going to try to be benevolent to it. And I got gentleness and goodness checked. And good, we can get back on to meekness again. Because a part of meekness is kindness. And a part of meekness, as it says in First Peter here, a meek and quiet spirit. And I thought, okay, I've been accused of this. I've been married long enough to be accused of not listening. And you're, you're, not, you're, you're not a good husband if you're not listening. So I thought I had those things checked off. I thought I had those things checked off by some of these other fruits. And then we get to meekness. And, and, and in meekness, we're talking about what is it? Meek and quiet spirit. But I also want to know how you feel. You can't just never say anything and tell me you're listening. Because the things that I'm telling you require a response, a feeling, an emotion, something, not just, hmm. That's probably the most common word I say around the house. Mm. Whether it's to her or one of the five. Daddy, you know that? Mm. Put a little inflection in there. Mm. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> now, I, if I'm not careful, I can convince myself that that's some meekness and some quiet spirit. It's really none of the above. That's just, mm. That's just daddy doesn't want to talk right now. <laughs> but we're getting to meekness. And again, I'm trying to think, what, what does this meekness have to do with any of those things? And I remember, okay, what was that word that meekness was that was a part of the other list? Gentleness. And gentleness really isn't gentleness. We figured that much out. So meekness is gentleness. And I, I'm praying, as I related back to this first situation I told you about, is there gentleness here? Is there quietness here? And I thought about this, and I thought, Lord, you've got a real sense of humor because you want me to talk about being quiet today while I'm back there banging on the drums of all people. But because I said, I can convince myself if I'm just quiet at the right time, if I'm just gentle at the right time, then, then I'm, I'm meek. Not the case at all. Because we're not talking about volume. We're not talking about volume that we hear in our ears. Brother Elder Hart if he will allow me, he exercises meekness because he's got the fruit of the Spirit in there. But you know he's got some volume in there. 
somewhere. And when the Holy Ghost allows, it's let out. So uh, does that mean, oh, he's not being very meek right now? No, it means he's being full of the Spirit. And the Holy Ghost is operating in such a way that it gets to do what it wants to do. But I want, I want meekness in me. Mildness is another one. We have a Christmas song we sing at that time of year, gentle or lowly, meek, and mild. Just use that. If you're trying to figure out what does meekness mean in the spirit, lowly, meek, and mild. And that element. And it's always got to be here. Even when the Lord says, praise me, hit that symbol again. It's not very lowly. It's not very meek and mild. Psh, there it is. But it's, if it's in my spirit, who's easier to go and tell something to do? Who's going to obey the authority more readily? The meek person? Or... The not-so-meek person. If we hear the authority, it's not those guys. If we hear the authority, if, we, if we're going to obey it, we've got to hear it. And if we're going to hear it, we've got to be quiet enough to hear it. Otherwise, it's just noise. Registering, not registering. Registering, not registering. Yeah, Loud, quiet, loud. Everybody else is quiet. I'm going to be quiet. Everybody else is loud. I'm going to be loud. Everybody else is quiet. I'm going to be quiet. And, and, and I'm just trying to register when everybody else is registering. Let's pray. Jesus, we want the meekness of your spirit, oh God. Let there be a lowly and meek and mild aspect of your spirit in me. When it needs to prevail in me, God, I pray, let it prevail. We need the fruit of your spirit, Lord Jesus. Meekness, God, it's in your spirit. Jesus in your name, Jesus in your name. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. As the Lord is ministering here today, He's dealing with, as you know, and as I've heard, if you've been listening, that which is produced in us by the Spirit has to do with a lot of things that we can tie to emotions. 
if we're not careful, and it may be tied to emotion. But what the Lord is addressing is the spirit of a man, the spirit of a woman. It's fruit of his spirit, but he's addressing it being evident and resident in our spirit when we're filled with his spirit. And so when we are filled with his spirit, he rules and reigns in our spirit. Right? We are body, soul, and spirit. And so what the Lord is addressing with these things today is he's addressing our spirit. So if you just make this important so we don't just make this about emotions and, well, this action and this emotion and that action. No, the Lord is searching our spirit. You ever told your children to do something? And they did it. But you were like, you better not get that attitude with me. Anybody beside me ever had that? No. I mean, they did what you said, right? But you're like, you better fix that attitude while you're doing it. Anybody? You know what I'm talking about? Okay. That's what the Lord is talking about. He's dealing with what's in my spirit. See, the Lord's really trying to help us today. And I want, I want to tell you why he's doing this. Because I believe I know why he's doing this and why he's addressing these things. He wants to use us. He wants his authority to flow and work through us. Everywhere we go. He wants to manifest his power and his glory through our lives. But if our spirit is not right. He can't trust us to manifest his power and glory through. Let me stick with that kid example for a minute, if I may. I want you to do this. <laughs> Fine, I'll take out the garbage. <laughs> no, what you'll do is you'll come right back over here for a second. We're going to talk about it before you take out the garbage. Anybody ever done that beside me? Why am I having them come back when they were going to do what I told them to do? Because my concern isn't with just getting something done. My concern is with where's their spirit in relationship to what they're being asked to do. And I may have said, take out the garbage. And they may be willing to do what I said do. But their spirit, I've got, as a father, I've got to say, hold on a minute. Come back here. Not only do I want you to do something for me, but there's a way I want you to do it for me. And there's a spirit with which it needs to be done. And it needs to be my spirit, not yours. 
And so the Lord, when he reaches into these areas in our life, like Brother Flowers has been teaching us about, the Lord is saying, hey, I want to address what's in your spirit so that I can work through you so that when I give you something to do, you do it with my spirit, not with something that's in your spirit that's out of alignment with my spirit. trying to think of a specific example. I can't think of one right now, but you'll be able to relate if I just. We'll stick with that kid taking out the garbage. How's that sound? They're taking out the garbage. They got the wheeled container. They're wheeling it out to the road and they're upset because I interrupted whatever I interrupted. And this is, yeah, there you go. Stomping all the way, right? I, this This is a made up example. I haven't. And so they're stomping along. They're yanking the can around, jerking it. They're getting all their frustration out, jerking it. And they flip it over and slam it right into the side of the car and put a dent in the side of the car. Now all of a sudden, again, this is not a real example, just in case you guys are thinking, man, I wonder which kid that was. It was <laughs> so, <laughs> just be clear here. Just to be clear, this is a made-up example. Now, all of a sudden, that attitude goes from one of, oh, no. And here's what they start thinking. Man, why didn't I just, why didn't I just take out the garbage? If my spirit would have been right, and I would have just grabbed the can and willed it to the road, and my spirit, but now, because my spirit was right, well, I was trying to do what I was asked to do. I've done damage that I did not intend to do. But the damage was a result of a wrong spirit in obedience. I feel the Holy Ghost right now and the Lord is trying to help us. And it's why he can't use some of us. Because our spirit, he's got to get this right. So that when he starts using us, we don't do damage. It's unintended. It's collateral damage, if you will, because of a wrong spirit. Just taking out the garbage, Dad. I didn't, I didn't mean to dent the side of the car. I'm, I'm sorry. I, I just was son, daughter, child. Why'd that happen? How, how, how'd that happen? I mean, there's a six-foot path between the car and the... How'd that happen? I was mad. I was mad, and I. What were you mad about? You asked me to do something you could have done. Why do you? I'm more mature than that. I'm grown up now. Why can't you just take whatever it was? Oh, they were obeying, but their spirit wasn't submitted, and so this area that was lacking in their spirit it came out and it did collateral damage when they were carrying out the will of the Father. Are you hearing this with your spirit this morning? And so the Lord is, the Lord is wanting, he's ready now, now, to use each one of us. Each and every one of us. Every day. 
to where? On the job, in the market, wherever you, he's using you. And he's saying, for me to use you, I got to make sure you got to get this right. Make sure your spirit's right. Empty your spirit of every hurt, every offense, every let get your spirit empty so that the fruit of the spirit abounds in your life. Anybody ever read first Corinthians chapter 13? You know, what we call that chapter. The love chapter. Right? It's the love chapter. We call it the love chapter. Right? Love is a fruit of the spirit. Right? How many of you want to be used in gifts of healing? Gifts of miracles? Word of wisdom? Word of knowledge? Yeah, yeah. I want to be used in all of those if the Lord wants to use me. Guess what? Those are not fruit of the spirit. Right? Those are gifts of the Spirit. I know some of this is, we've been here, but we need to be here right now because the Lord is wanting to use us in gifts of the Spirit. Where we can pray for a sick person at work and they're healed. Where we can pray for our grandmother and she's healed. He's wanting to do that. And so if you go to 1 Corinthians chapter 12... And you go to 1 Corinthians chapter 14. Anybody ever read those? You know what those chapters are? <laughs> gifts of the Spirit. 1 Corinthians 12 is unity in the body and gifts of the Spirit operating in the body. 1 Corinthians 14 talks about gifts of the Spirit and gifts of the Spirit working through the body of Christ. So you've got the gifts of the Spirit here and the gifts of the Spirit here. And right in the middle you've got the love chapter. Fruit of the Spirit. And if you read 1 Corinthians chapter 12, I believe it ends with, Covet earnestly the best gifts, and yet show I unto you a more excellent way. And then he begins, Though I speak with the tongues of men and angels and have not charity. I may not be getting that. That might not be exactly how chapter 13 starts, but it's pretty close. Right? Though I can speak to mountains and all these things, if I don't have love, I'm like a sounding brass or just a tinkling cymbal. Though I have faith that I can do this and that, though I give my body to be burned, I believe it says. If I have not charity, I am, I think it says nothing. Is that what it says? Nothing. It doesn't say I'm, I'm less than, it says I'm nothing. Hold on a minute. You mean I'm speaking and mountains are being moved. I'm sacrificing my body to be burned for a cause. And the word of God has the audacity to say I'm nothing. Oh, without the fruit of love, I'm nothing. Can you just put that up there, Brother Jeremiah? 13, verse 1. This is a fruit of the Spirit, love, charity. Watch. Remember why the Lord's talking to us. He wants to use us. Now, though I speak with the tongue, tongues of men and of angels, I don't care if you speak in tongues 
24 hours every day. If I don't have charity, I, have, I am become as a sounding brass or a tinkling cymbal. Verse 2, though I have the gift of prophecy. Oh, now we're into spiritual gifts. I can prophesy. I can see things. I can declare things and they'll come to pass. And I understand all mysteries and all knowledge. And I have all faith so that I could remove mountains. Those are pretty powerful things. The word of God says if I have and can do all of that and I don't have charity, I am nothing. Nothing. Let that sink into your spirit and mine. I'm nothing. I don't care if I prayed for 23 people on the church way to church today and they all got healed. If I don't have love, I'm nothing, the Bible says. What's verse 3 say? Oh, he does keep going. And though I bestow all my goods to feed. Oh, so I'm a giver too. I'm generous. I give of my time. I give of my money. I give of my resources. I give. I even give my own body. But I don't have charity. If I do all of that without love. What does it profit me? Nothing. You think fruit matters? Think what's in my spirit matters or not? This is what the Lord is wanting to help us with. Why? Because he's wanting to use us. He's wanting to use us. And he's using us. But he's wanting to use us in far greater measure. I think that's the last one. I'm go one more verse just to make sure. Yeah. Okay. This meekness, all of these things, is because he's wanting to get our spirit postured. Why is love there in the middle of all of that? I'll tell you why. Because the gifts of the spirit always operate, are designed to always operate through the fruit of the spirit. Always. The gifts of the Spirit are meant to operate through the fruits of the Spirit. Now here's the challenge. The gifts and the calling of God are without repentance. And so there are some who have learned to operate in spiritual gifts. But lack the fruit. And they do far more damage than they do good. There's many who have been, unfortunately, there's many who have been damaged by the operating of spiritual gifts that did not flow through spiritual fruit. I've watched it with my own eyes. I've watched men that had spiritual discernment, could see things and read things, and people had gifts of prophetic utterance but they did not have the fruit of the Spirit in their life. And I've watched them tear people down, 
expose them and humiliate them by reading their mail, so to speak, as we call it sometimes. What happened? The gifts and the calling came. They learned to operate the gift, but somewhere along the way, they didn't keep their spirit right. They didn't have the fruit of the spirit working and operating in their lives. And as a result, the gift of the spirit operated, but not through the fruit, and it did damage. We will not be that people. But we will be people who walk and operate in the gifts of the Spirit. This is the design and desire of God for each one of us. Mark chapter 16 tells us this. You can go there and I'm finishing. Why don't you stand with me? Mark chapter 16, verse number 16. He that believeth... And is baptized, shall be saved. Doesn't say is saved, says they shall be. So for somebody that tells you you just got to believe and be baptized and that's it, it's not true. He that believeth and is baptized shall be. But he that believeth not shall be damned. Verse 17. And these signs, everybody say these signs. These signs might follow. It's not what it says, is it? These signs shall follow them that believe. In my name shall they cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. Somebody says, I'm a believer, but I don't speak in tongues. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents. Now, let's, we just need to be really clear here. I know there's some crazy churches out there that they have like boxes of poisonous snakes and they do some deal with it. That is not what this is talking about at all. At all. At all. I've, I've checked this out. This is talking about spiritual serpents. All right. Now, I believe a deadly serpent won't harm you. We see that the apostle Paul, a viper leapt up out of the fire and latched onto him. He just shook it off. But he wasn't trying to find them and snatch them up and say, oh, look, see, I can take up serpents. That's not what this is talking about. And if, the, if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. That doesn't mean you go around going, ah, you know what? There's some toilet bowl cleaner. I'm thirsty. Right. We understand that. Don't be foolish with the word of God. But watch. They. Who's they? Who? The believer. Not the elder. The believer. What's the qualifier? Believe. And do it in his name. Right? He said, in my name they shall. They'll lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. This is the design, the desire of God and the destiny of the saints of God. And so for this to work the way God wants it to, and he wants it to right now. I got to have my spirit right. I got to make sure my spirit's in alignment with his spiritual authority that we talked about today. I've got to be in alignment with spiritual authority. God always flows through authority. 
That's why we were sharing those things. Now, if you were sitting here and you heard, oh, if I'm going to fast, I have to ask Elder Hart. That's not what Brother Flowers said. You understand? You understand when he, dis- when he said when he started to go on a fast, this thought started to come and try to get in his mind because he was fasting. And so the way he dealt with that thought was going, no, I'm not better than authority. I'm going to prove that by submitting myself with it. And it dealt with the thought that was trying to come. Just want to make sure so you don't feel like, man, I want to fast tomorrow. Now I got to check with Elder and he can tell me if I can or can't. You understand? Spiritual authority and the things that he described is not about you getting a yay or nay from me every time you want to take a step. We're not a dictatorial spiritual authority. I've watched that in the world. I got no interest in that. And if you've been around a while, you know that. But God flows through order. And so he wants to use you. If I stand here and I speak with any authority and God uses me in any authority, it's because I'm under the spiritual authority and covering a bishop. The moment I step out from under that authority, I lose authority. You understand? I lose it. Then I'm operating in my own authority, not in God's authority. That's the principle. And so for us to operate that, we want our spirit right. You know what gets your spirit wrong more than almost anything? Unforgiveness. Bitterness. Offense. And it just gives all kinds of avenues. Would you reach right now with me? And would you say, Lord, search my spirit. Come on, if he's dealt with anything in mine or your spirit today, would you be willing to just release that to him? Come on, if you felt, if you felt the pricking of the Lord in any part, would you just release that to him right now? In the name of Jesus. Come on, the Lord is being very gentle this morning in a kind way. But it's the appeal of God because he wants to use us. He wants to use us. And so he's posturing us in a way that he can flow through us. The authority of God can flow through us so that we will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. I believe even this week you could see someone that's sick and you could begin to pray for them. You don't have to shout and yell. You could say in the name of Jesus, be healed. And that's the authority. If you're in alignment with authority, in agreement with the word of God, your spirit is right. The authority of Jesus Christ will flow through you and I as a believer and he will heal them. How do I know that? Because his word says so. His word is sure. His word is certain. In the name of Jesus, search our spirit, Father, in every way. Let us be properly postured that you would flow and work through us. In the name of Jesus, If you want the Lord to use you, I'm asking you to come and fill this altar area right now. Come on, the Lord is wanting to commission us and send us today. In the name of Jesus, if you'll get these things settled in your spirit, he'll heal your mind and he'll use you. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, search out my spirit, Father. Search out my heart, Father, in the name of Jesus. 
that you would use me the way you desire, that you would use me the way you desire. Hallelujah, that your will would be done, that you would be glorified, that you would be magnified. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, I submit my will to you. I submit my spirit to you. I submit my thoughts to you, Father. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, let the fruit of your spirit work in my life. Let the fruit of your spirit be manifest through my soul. For your glory, for your purpose, Father. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, we trust in you, we hope in you, we wait on you. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Iarabaka satahaya. Iarabaka tayeti arabaka tahaya. Iorobokoshi arabaka tahaye ki aramatahaya. Ineledi arabakata haye siti ineledi hataha. Jesus, we trust in you. We trust in you. We trust in you, Father. In the name of Jesus, we trust in you. Idalamando robokoshi atahaya. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, thank you, Father, thank you, Father, praise God, amen, amen. Praise God. This Wednesday night, brother and sister born from Houston will be with us. We look forward to that. They ministered uh, there in Pass. Uh, the Lord really used brother born in teaching, ministry, in praying for individuals, and just uh, they are precious people. So we look forward to them being with us this Wednesday night. Be here early. Just find a place of prayer. And uh, let's be expecting for what the Lord will do. Amen. And I encourage you today, go as a believer. Amen. Go as a believer. In Jesus' name, you're dismissed. God bless you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.